it's like we kind of like informally decided to to have a stream just because it's Monday and <laughs> it is Monday and, and kind of like no, but what's interesting about this one is that you we kind of like get get on with our day it's like evening my time now it's early evening at 7 p.m um you know Noah's had a fairly busy morning by the sounds of it and you've kind of eased into your day because you've probably worked like two double shifts in a row i know you ben and it's like <laughs> but it's like the overriding desire is to get on stream and be That's nerds right. and talk Absolutely. shit it's like it's like it's incredible like i can see like no it's like okay guys i need to take care of my call like i need to just go and take in my call it's my anniversary like everything's like but i need to nerd out now you know and then his opening salvo is that in the next five years and then he gave us that introduction. So welcome everybody to an informal stream. I, ha I have been recording since Noah arrived with his opening salvo. It's very good to see you guys. Welcome. Pleasure. Welcome. Always a pleasure. You know what it is. Why, why does my sentiment perk up about content? And it just gives me good purpose. I treat all of this content as a diary, a journal. It allows me to express things, which allows me to digest things for myself. And it's just all that more satisfying that it could actually help other folks at least start to digest what the hell is going on. But then we also go through that process when we, when we articulate what's going on, like we realize a whole lot of gems in the process as well. It's like kind of like reflecting on an idea and then next thing you know, it's like you're being challenged on the idea or someone agrees with you and and then they add this whole like different dimension to it and you're just like, wow, I didn't think about that or I didn't realize I was wrong about this and then you kind of get a chance to reassess. I mean, that's what I enjoy about it the most. It's like just kind of like growing the scope. I mean, I would never have thought that I could sit down and have a chat to Captain Rational about like all this rational macro, like multi-layered, like money making, money spending stuff. And it's like, here I am, I'm chatting about it. I mean, I'm mostly clueless, but I, I must admit I've come a long way in a, in a very short space of time. So you just gotta keep so learning. You just gotta keep, you just keep learning. learning. You just keep yeah. We all have. I sat down yeah. with my wife at the couch the other night and I pulled up YouTube. And it's, you know, it's Jeff and Steven Van Meter and, and all the, the, the macro folks that love to do their things that we all have various opinions about. But the point was, I told her, this didn't exist in 2009, 2008. There was no capacity to hear people speak about their ideas and journey with uh, managing financials. So the exponential from like a graph perspective the the interweaving of ideas has just been extraordinary we have access to all these observations yeah i i think yeah. you had to be literally on wall street in order to to be able to to have access to to these thoughts and 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 like all this experience and stuff that you can just get going on twitter now that like I mean, <clears throat> it's crazy just how far you can get in into educating yourself just with with resources that are available to you uh, online now that like we're not really they were not really available in like 
you, you just didn't have access to all these various ideas that you could kind of put through their paces and see what you think about them. I don't know. It's uh, it's a wonderful time to be trying to learn stuff. Extraordinary. So I wanted to, uh, I kind of had a, like an idea of, I was kind of like coaching the kids um, soccer earlier on today. And, and, and I was just thinking, I, I was like, normally we kind of get into, you know, the, the macro side of things and, and, and we'll definitely touch on that today, but I wanted to, to kind of pick your, pick your brains around, you know, like what was interest, what, what is interesting you at the moment? Like what is of interest to you at the moment in kind of like crypto, you know, in general, like what are the things that are, that are interesting? And then also particularly like new projects. I mean, obviously I think both of you would agree with me, like tapioca is just something that, I mean, we're all looking forward to. And, um, you know, we do have, like like tremendous fascination around that product. I mean, Ben, you working with the guys. Yep. But I wanted to just explore other protocols as well. Just, you know, like just kind of to kick things off and then we can get into the macro side. Um and maybe do it the other way around. You know, normally we do macro first and then a bit of crypto, but I wanted to just kick it off with a bit of crypto and, and just just kind of get a perspective on on where you guys are looking at the moment and, and what's of interest. Um I don't know if you want to kick it off uh no, I had this talk in regards on my stream, and I, I always battling exactly what you're battling with at the moment. Which do you start with first? Yeah, I always like to discourage people, or historically, I've tried to discourage people from engaging with markets prior to, you know, due diligence, so on and so forth. But you know, I guess there's only three things. Uh, might as well just be very explicit. <laughs> I beat around the bush way too much. Since late November, there's only three things that have really caught my fat. Four things, but the fourth thing I've invalidated as something I'm interested in. Um, first and foremost, tapioca and what it has emerged into in my mind with regard to its place in the market. Um, it has overtones of Layer Zero and Stargate. It has overtones of Ave. It has overtones of liquidity. That's crazy. So, you know, if the boys hit the critical immutability, at least with core modules and head in that direction um, with what I discuss often, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's a multi-billion dollar liquidity big deal. Because um, obviously Avi has the critical immunity, but I think they're slow to iterate and I think there's room in the space because uh, Compound has done nothing. And uh, the, so that's first and foremost what catches my fancy. I look forward to the, the BLP, and I probably would will be acquiring a, a, a bit more. Um, so the fourth one was solidly. <laughs> and I was very excited for Mainnet because I was always interested in what Andre talked about. And he always talks great. Talk. <laughs> he never executed good at all. So I was excited for a manifestation of what he talked about wonderfully, but executed hopefully well on mainnet. I've come to the point where I see there's no room left for liquidity management on mainnet. At least that's my current sentiment. Curve is dominating. They have a billion more dollars in liquidity than Uniswap. 
Uniswap coming in second. And Uniswap's narrative is interesting because why use Uniswap? Who uses Uniswap? Who uses Curve? Use aggregators. Use the Llama, the meta aggregator. Mm. So there's a lot, 58% of what I was looking at DeFi Prime earlier, 58% of liquidity of, of volume is on Uniswap. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's, it's, um, new entrants that literally just go to Uniswap. They don't even use aggregators. They don't use Paraswap. They don't use one inch, especially not the llama. So they, they literally just go there. So my sentiment is that Uniswap's going nowhere. Uniswap's entrenched as like this entry point. So liquidity there is meaningful and curve is dominating and aura and balancer are coming in this third position, not with regard to like denseness of liquidity, but with regard to innovation the biggest innovation of balancer was their ve bow which isn't raw bow it's an 80 20 lp position so it's like curve f being vecrv so balancer has done some very interesting things and most interestingly in 2023 ve bow people are starting to rent so there's some nice cash flow nice bribes um so they're, they have a place, and they are starting to further entrench their lendingness. So I don't see much more room. I don't see liquidity flowing to another AMM necessarily. Now, obviously, uh, uh, Solidly has captured like a fair amount, 150 mil. And it'll be interesting to see what plays out. You only ever know in hindsight where things will land. But you know, I don't see them dominating over a balancer. I don't see them dominating over a curve. Um, and I may be wrong, but, uh, point being that fourth one, the, the solidly narrative yes, kind of led me to what timeless built with bunny bootstrap, the largest volume exchange on mainnet with a currency recycler system. So I'm more interested in that as compared to another exchange trying to take the liquidity from the existing exchanges. And um, without boring you guys too much, the fourth one or the third one uh, is IPOR, uh, interest rate swaps. Um, that's just probably one of the biggest narratives uh, in a five, 10 year time horizon, uh, being able to hedge uh, uh, rate of change or interest rate changes. Um, I look forward to them getting away from stable coins and maybe more so like Ethereum and, uh, and those types of interest rates uh, may be better suited for crypto markets. IPOR is interesting to me. I think that um, the concept of an, of an interest rate swap, I think is, is intriguing on chain, but like, I guess, having watched the actual ipor move around it's like those interest rates are wildly volatile and like i just don't know if that's it like you know i don't know if this is the implementation of an, of an interest rate swap now that's not necessarily saying that like uh ipor couldn't just you know, become whatever is needed as far as an interest rate swap, because I absolutely believe that interest rate swaps on chain are 100 uh, percent something that is going to be absolutely necessary in the future. 
But um, I think that it's in its current form, uh, this ain't it. Like as far as like something that's actually going to be usable from for an actual financial need. Like interest rates are huge. Uh, interest rate swaps are hugely important in TradFi. But the other part of interest rate swaps is like everything in crypto, like as far as crypto lending is concerned, almost all of it is perpetual. Like when you borrow from Aave, you're not bar taking out a, a duration. duration loan. Right, exactly. So like, what are you going to hedge? Like, unless you have like perpetual interest rate swaps to match up against your perpetual loans. But like, I mean, the whole notion is just kind of odd. Just the, the way finance works on chain is kind of strange. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not, it's like the Susian financial landscape that like it, it looks sort of like finance, but like there's just aspects of it that are just not quite there or, and, or just like look very, you know, there are certain parts that are like, you know, so much more um, prevalent, like perpetuals and stuff are huge in crypto, but like outside of crypto perpetuals kind of a super niche thing. Um, but then like you have other stuff like, you know, duration, which is just absolutely essential to traditional finance and it's just completely absent from the entire space and it's like it's a very very interesting thing that like I, I honestly think that there should be more and I, I've talked to Matt about uh, potentially doing something like that in the future like doing actual like um, loans with actual durations on them because like at the end of the day like you need if you want to do sophisticated risk management, you need to have durations and you need to be able to understand like, and then the other half of that is knowing interest rates and then being able to, uh, you know, hedge your risks according to certain durations. Like if I guess like if you never plan any sort of duration, you can't have a duration mismatch, but like it's, <laughs> But but then if I mean perpetual just means like for it's basically like you know a hundred year treasury or whatever you know like it's it's something that's going to just be very volatile and it's going to be difficult to hedge. Like if we want this to actually get to like the next level of finance, we need to have the ability to just say, hey, I need funding for the next month. I want to take it at this interest rate. I'll hedge just in case interest rates get worse as a, like a lender or whatever. And then, you know, I, I just think that that's where ultimately this stuff will head. But like retail doesn't think about any of that stuff. Like the, the whole concept of duration, the, the closest thing that they think about when it comes to duration is like, you know, am I going to get a 30 year or a 15 year mortgage on my house? Or am I going to get the, uh, the 60 year or 60 month or the 72 month car loan? You know, like that's, that's their entire, you know, or the real crazies that get like the 96 month, uh, auto loans, like, <las> but like, it's just, <clears throat> it's absent. 
But you know yeah. what's interesting? Um, even though uh, the IPOR rate is wildly volatile, what is it? If you take out, if you borrow from Ave or you know tapioca, and demand spikes and your interest rate goes up, doubles three percent, thirty percent, because you know you see some wild transitory uh, volatility induced interest rates on Ave historically, and yeah. you hedge to the upside. So and, if that. Oh, and I was just gonna say, and, and you have to like you, you you have to have those wildly varying interest rates in crypto because if you look at you have to put yourself in the shoes of the lender, and this is why you know we we have you know things set up partly the way we do at Tapioca, like with the variable interest rates, is you when you have a perpetual loan. You need to have some methodology by which to call that loan back. Like, like say you have an asset, right? And you have lent against that, against that asset. Like, let's let's say AVAX, right? You lend against AVAX. And sure, liquidity is fine in AVAX, you know, when you made the loan. Uh, but this, this loan is on chain and it's perpetual and it's sitting out there for maybe years. Like, what if the AVAX guys just give up one day and just are like, you know what, I'm done with this. And, you know, liquidity starts to deteriorate on the chain. As a lender who has, you know, maybe millions of AVAX loans outstanding, I need a way to get my money back and, like, actually make sure that by the time... I, you know, these things, the, the price falls, there's enough liquidity to sell into to actually, you know, make sure we don't incur any bad debt. Like you cannot have, uh, you know, a, a, a fixed interest rate. It's just, otherwise you end up like MIM did, like an abracadabra with, with all of the UST stuff. Like they, they were undercharging for leverage. And what happened was that, once they really needed people to start paying back their loans, <clears throat> that's a problem with perpetual loans. You have no, there's nothing you can even hedge. Like you can't say, oh, I just need a put option that can cover this asset for the next three months because that's when I, you know, matching durations and stuff. Like you have no ability to hedge that because it's, it's, it's perpetual. And like, and so eventually it just becomes a liquidity problem. Like, mm. do you have enough liquidity to sell into when, when the shit starts to hit the fan? Like you have to be monitoring that stuff constantly. And so like, personally, I would like to start seeing duration on crypto loans. Like you want a fixed rate of interest? Fine. Lock, we'll lock in a fixed rate of interest, but we're going to lock in a fixed duration too. And then we can actually hedge that as as a protocol. Like I, I think that would be cool shit. <laughs> It'd be more sustainable, it healthier. Would far, it would so be far more sustainable and and far healthier than this just perpetual. Like I mean, if you asked your average like DeFi user, "Hey, would you give me a loan?" Sure, you, you know, like uh, can I borrow like you know seven hundred thousand? 
curve or whatever, like you're going to want to know for how long, right? Like you're not going to go, yeah, sure. Here they are. Give them back whenever. <laughs> that's and what like, the protocols do. <laughs> but that's what protocols do. That doesn't make any sense. Like, but that's, that's how we run these, these businesses. And it's like, does that actually, is that actually viable long-term? Everybody, how does Ave handle it? They, the, if liquidity dries up, the interest rates go through oh, the moon. That's how you call right. back the loan. Right, right. You have to. You what you have to do is you just have to start punish. You have to get your money out out front by uh, making sure that you're charging enough of that collateral so that by the time the liquidity does dry up, you've already made enough that if you do incur bad debt, it's covered by what you already charged them. Uh, off their collateral and yeah. so like but it's it's just it's a difficult and, and tricky problem to solve because like you are 100 dependent upon liquidation like if if there's no liquidity to sell into when the price reaches a certain threshold your protocol is at risk and so you know you have to be very very careful about which assets you pick and and what you know, and you have to monitor that liquidity so that if things start getting dicey, you can start charging more and more and more to incentivize bringing those loans down, yeah. you know. So I just saw a tweet that just came through from our, our biggest bull in the universe around Bitcoin, and that's Mr. Michael Saylor. And Mr. Michael Saylor is convinced that, and I quote, the journey is easier if you stay in the Bitcoin lane. Mr. Saylor, I tend to disagree with you. I'm looking at the Bitcoin chart right now, and I completely and utterly disagree with you. But just by the way, <laughs> I actually had the, sure, the opportunity. I hear he's an avid listener, so. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm sure he doesn't know we exist, um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he will at some point. I actually managed to 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 interview one of the founders, Darren from from Apple, um, last week, and I actually think that they've got a tremendous product. I think it's got complete relevance. I think you guys just you know touched on the nuances of it, but the point that I wanted to make is that it's very encouraging to see products that are very relevant in the greater scheme of the real world coming into the crypto space and saying, listen, we need this. We need to actually, you know, we need time limits. We need interest rates. We need to actually quantify this thing better and more importantly, qualify it even better than that. And I think that's what, you know, IPO is doing. Um, sure. I think they're going to learn a whole lot of lessons along the way, like everybody else is. <laughs> But we've got some serious like OGs involved there. I mean, Darren's been around for twelve years. The, the, the guy is he's he's properly switched on, you know. Like he knows. I'm sure he's been down some dark alleys. I mean, we didn't really chat about it, but I'm sure he has, you know. Like if you if you've been in the crypto space for longer than I think two or three years, you go down some dark alleys, you know. And I'm not talking <laughs> about like like illegal dodgy stuff. I'm just just what you learn and. And the lessons you learn and how hard it can be. And I think that needs to be valued even more so because, you know, they've come back and they're saying, let's build this thing to do X, Y, and Z around interest rates. And I think it's going to be a huge success. I think it's going to take time. 
but I think it's got its place and it's going to really carve a niche in the space. And before we know it, I think it's going to be quite quick, really, <clears throat> that we'll be like, fuck, why didn't we use this thing before? Um, I will. I, and I think that, like I said earlier, like th there's no reason iPort couldn't be the one to solve to solve that particular, yeah. you know, need for that that particular essential piece of DeFi tooling that we need. But like, yeah, yeah it's just it. We are going to need that. And like, the the more time they spend solving that problem before we actually truly need it, the 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 greater head start they're going to have over over the protocols that that try to come late and do that stuff. But. So I'll publish a thread as well. I'm busy just finishing a thread on it at the moment. It's quite long, but it's it's definitely worth a read. I mean, not not just because I've written it, but it's like well, it really takes. That's true yes. too. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> well, I, I am clarifying that, of course. But it's like <laughs> what's important about it is that obviously because I wrote it. Let's not because I wrote it, but also because it's like. <laughs> It's a fucking complicated protocol in terms oh, of yeah. how it works. It really is. Like, like I interviewed Darren and I was just like, wow, I'm actually, I'm clueless. Like, I was really, like, struggling to come to terms with a lot of the stuff that he was telling me. And and it took a while, but it's like I figured it out during the interview. It's like kind of like you research, you think you have an idea, you interview, and you're just like, Pow! Your next career move could be the one you never imagined. Web3 Nomads. Everywhere jobs. For anywhere people i have no idea um so like in the space of an hour and 15 20 minutes i went from like thinking that i knew to being completely clueless to having a clue and then sitting and writing the thread um off the back of an article that one of our writers wrote and i was just like ah okay so it's not just this it's quite a complicated robust and like really meaningful thing that needs to happen in DeFi. so yeah, it's going to be. You know cool why it's a, it's 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 early, as everyone here is saying, because yeah. borrowing assets using currency units as collateral, that's marginal. That's not the aggregate. The aggregate is using collateral to borrow currency units. That's a euro dollar system. So right now, IPOR is catering to a bear market structure or I don't even know. Cause you're not borrowing dollars using USDC as collateral. So I don't know what the hell kind of structure that would be. So obviously the future is at minimum uh, Ethereum as collateral and there's an interest rate. It's not duration it's perpetual, but it varies with regard to MEV, which is basically volume. And mm -hmm. as, as you get a significant volatility and gas prices spike there goes your mev and uh, and then these are the types of values that uh, uh would be nice to to offset uh with regard to its effect on interest rate payments you need to make on loans hmm. very interesting i like the duration yep. idea it's quite needed as well I, so I, I mean, think, I think duration, duration would be nice. Like, there's no reason we can't do it. Like, that's the part that so, strikes me as so odd is that, like, there's no reason you can't have duration loans where it's just a collateralized loan that, if you haven't paid it back within a month, uh, then it's sold. It just gets liquidated, and 
the protocols whole. Like it's a, it's it's very easy to predict what the liquidity is going to be a month from now. It's it's much more challenging to to predict what the liquidity is going to be five years from now. Uh, and so, like, I, I think that you know, I I just think that it's probably where this is all going to head when all is said and done. However, as a user, as a user. Why wouldn't I want a loan that I can just take out and just keep forever? Like that seems sweet. Um, well, bear in mind we have uh, we have liquidity, which is a perpetual loan that has no interest expense. So it literally just has origination fee, and it's immutable. So we're going to literally see in five to ten years what the hell that kind of system evolves into because it's not going to change. It's the system that's going to evolve and how it's going to be consumed. Uh, no real precedence for that kind of system in traditional finance. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, and like I think it's all about it's all about sustainability. Trying to get build something that's that's truly going to last so that that when we get to the place where this stuff is actually uh you know running the rails of of the financial world um that is actually built in a way that you know it has all the tooling available and has sustainable uh protocols that are not going to blow up one day because they gave out a huge loan, you know, um, denominated and something like, I mean, honestly, I worry about like Bitcoin's, uh, liquidity, uh, over time because of just the way the emissions curve works. Disinflation. Over time, it, it just, there's fewer and fewer of them coming out every single, uh, every single, you know, for having, you know, you get fewer and fewer of them. So over time, you get, you know, the, the Bitcoin maxis like to show off the chart of like, look at all these Bitcoins that haven't moved in 10 years. So like, look at all these. Yeah, that's illiquidity. And like, it, as, like you want deep liquid, you want to deepen the liquidity as your asset becomes more mature, not not make it worse, because like nobody's going to want to to hold our, you know, huge amounts of uh, I mean, what good is holding uh, a thousand Bitcoin if the liquidity is only 500 deep and you would tank the entire uh, liquidity by just selling half of your position? <laughs> like Bear in mind uh, that this is where gold uh, isn't what people think it is. Uh, the reason gold is so liquid is because of the derivatives and the paper contracts. Otherwise, it has this exactly historically the same directionality in many regards. At least it's disinflationary. It's not disinflationary. It's just inflationary. It's inflationary. But and, and the thing about gold, though, is gold actually doesn't – there's no halving in gold. It, it's the same amount uh, roughly coming out every year. So like it's a little more sustainable as far as the liquidity than like a Bitcoin would be because like it, there is no having like because gold is pretty well spread across the Earth's crust that like it, if the price ever gets too high, anybody can just go start digging some up and and find it. So I, I mean, in some ways, gold. Yeah, the paper contract thing absolutely is part of it too because 
you know, the, the paper trades liquid, but the, the physical does not. And at all. So liquid. Actually, it's quite, you know, but isn't, but isn't Bitcoin's Bitcoin's reliability on the price going up in order for that liquidity to, 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 to be, to be created. Well, if you mess with the liquidity, you can get the price to do whatever you want. Like if I just said, say I killed every Bitcoin holder in in a in a trial by combat, and <laughs> this is what Ben thinks sure about. Would, by the I'm way, sure they would, ladies sure and gentlemen, this is what Ben thinks about in his spare <laughs> but, time. <laughs> but say let's let's just pretend that they all forgot their seed phrases, right? And yeah. and so now there's only like 0.1 Bitcoin left. Like, sure, you could have million dollar sats or something. Um, but say somebody then finds, you know, another 0.1 Bitcoin, you know, double then... the liquidity. There goes the price. Exactly. Like you can make the price do silly things if you, you, you rug the liquidity. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, like. And, and people intrinsically sort of know this stuff, right? Because, like, that's why they always want to burn tokens. Like, who? everybody's like, eh, let's burn tokens. Too many. You know, like, yeah. But, like, if you, if, you burn, if you burn too many, you're just, I mean, personally, I would rather have a protocol with twice as many tokens and twice as much liquidity. Volume. And vol- by volume, or... Yeah, twice as many tokens and twice as much liquidity by volume. And that would be great because that means that like if if you're a big whale, you don't want to hold the token that has no liquidity. You want to hold the token that the other whales are holding that people are selling, you know, you know, $50 million at a clip like every other, you know, every other second. (laughs) Scarcity is a problem. Scarcity leads to appreciation as you've observed and there's a reason why gold doesn't use this money and it didn't work as money in a growing population world everything changes as we have uh the demographics collapse as peter zihan talks about but that doesn't mean we have to go back to a monetary system based on a relatively stagnant population we want our population to increase which entails you don't want a stagnant liquidity financial market you don't want the volatility to the upside. That's the biggest observation I have about very uh, vocal Bitcoin persons. They want they the having decreased supply, disinflation induces price appreciation. No, that's not good. That's not healthy. That's not what you want in a financial market. So that's Austrian economics, arguably. I'm more of a proponent of Keynesian economics, and I would argue that the, the failure of Keynesian economics is the mutability, is <laughs> the people, is the humans. If you take the humans out of the equation, you can manage the financials and you get rid of the boogeyman. The smart contracts. I think, I think you're you're just going to. I mean, people people can ruin anything. I, I firmly believe that. Like. Money at the end of the day is a is a human construct and, and it is going to be interacted with by other humans. And like, I think that you're never going to get rid of that human element because like, I think it's sort of a safety valve, honestly, like 
just think about like what happened with uh, with Russia. Russia invades the Ukraine. The majority of the the central banks that held their reserves all said, you know, that's kind of fucked up. I'm just going to take your funds and freeze them because I don't think you deserve them anymore. And like that it right there is like a social you they broke the social contract of those funds and they lost them and and at the end of the day like i i think that some could say like well that's you need more immutable money that nobody can touch and like okay maybe that's true but if that immutable money eventually um becomes such a a social problem that uh, the majority of of people just don't like what what's what it's causing. They could just as easily just go, you know what? I'm not recognizing that money anymore, and and push it off to the, you know. At least that's the aggregate, though. To the side. So At least like, that's the consensus. Yeah, I mean, well, the consensus is what what we care about when it comes to money. I want people to believe that my money is money. You know, <laughs> I think that's a, you know, it's a base case. <laughs> now, if only I could get them to believe that, that, uh, my shit coins are money, then I'd be all set. <laughs> that's another going to happen. <laughs> They're all currencies. Every, they... yeah. So I want to, I want to, I want to just rewind a little bit, um, and ask you both the question and Ben, you first, because obviously you have, you know, you have intellectual capital in this one. There's been a lot of work that's happened in the background. What is the kind of like the vision for Tapioca Dow? I know it's a big question, but I, 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 I mean, want to try and dismantle oh, this thing and then revisit this question in many various forms in the months and hopefully the years to come. I mean, ultimately, the vision is just to create a money market that is like spans across all chains where where whatever chains uh come to be and does it in a way that's sustainable and in a way that actually like drives returns and and drives like actual value add for the the users whoever like i mean like it's it's ultimately just wanting to create a protocol that that can last because so many can't <laughs> so many can't like because of the way that the the tokenomics are designed with like a seniorage uh you know at the forefront of of their tokenomics design and and seniorage is basically the methodology by which most uh, protocols get liquidity so that they can do things with it, but what are they doing with it? Uh, the idea is you want to be able to do things with, with this liquidity that is actually useful and actually provides value. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what the goal is, is to, to make useful pieces of financial Legos that, actually can stand the test of time 
what is your take on what tapioca is attempting to do Noah? iterate the uh, i've uh every time i see a protocol talk about what has been built why it has been built and how it has been successful or how it has had failures that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see protocols that are built based on the history of other protocols, both the successes and the failures. So Tapioca is a seamless cross-chain money market that is Ave, and Ave has an overtone of that component, you know, with their V3, but it's not as seamless as it can be. And that's something I've talked about. I think that was at one point, a pinned tweet, one of my narratives for 2022 was seamless cross-chain liquidity provisioning. And uh, Aave V3, I don't think really hits that. Um, But that is what they wanted to build. And they're trying to do a component of uh, liquidity demand with their stable coin. And which is just literally just currency, commercial bank currency creation. It's traditional process of providing collateral and and offering a having an asset and a liability and i don't uh, i don't think I mean, look i'm talking about ave why because that's the history of what tapioca mm. is going to be but just so much more <laughs> with the layer zero component seamless cross-chain com- uh, liquidity provisioning the stable coin component that's gho but it's just so much more robust than uh, what I've seen. And, uh, you know, just what comes to mind is liquidity. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So <laughs> you're just hitting all, on all cylinders of, uh, of when I see something historic and like, oh, all right, guys, we're going to make what they made already, but we're going to do it better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I always say that, like, crypto is basically speed running. The, the history of uh, of finance and like, you love saying that and it's I so do it's because but it's true it's so like true. I mean yeah. we're learning lessons that like a um have already been learned in traditional finance and, and addressed um but but we're doing it on chain and we're doing it in a very organic way um mm. and so like it's it it, it it is an iterative process, as as he said. Like it, it's an iterative process where we have to learn from the the things that happened uh, before. Because you can't you can't totally just take tradfi and just go, okay, we'll do this, but over here, like it doesn't quite it doesn't quite perfectly fit. Because there are certain technical there are certain technical reasons that things are the way they are on-chain that you don't necessarily have in like a centralized exchange or something like that. Like there are aspects of, of crypto that are sort of unique. And so you can't just do a complete one for one. You've got to kind of build, you can have that sort of in state in mind of like, in general, we need something kind of like this. Uh, but like actually having, uh, that exact thing may not work. Um, on chain due to you know like the whole concept of like 
MEV and gas, like the way things work is just, they don't quite work exactly the same way. They, they work very mm. similar, you know, um, on chain, but like it's, it, it, there are some fundamental aspects of, of transacting on chain that are just a little weird, like, and like the way LPs worked before, like where you would, you know, you would provide liquidity across an entire spectrum of prices. Like the whole concept of like uni V2 is just like, that's not how market making works in the, the real world. Like, and so like, it was like a super primitive form of market making because that's what the, the technical limitations of what we could do on chain. But as our technical limitations are raised, like as the bar is raised on various technical limitations, it, it gives you the ability to do things you couldn't do before. So like, I think people are just building off of, what has been done, solving problems as they come. And so like, we're not going to be able to just skip right to the end where you have just this massive pool of liquidity that bounces between various chains uh, seem like completely seamlessly. And you have just one massive order book kept up between, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what the, the future is going to look like, but I do know that liquidity tends to pool. It tends to end up all, all in one place. Uh, and the, you know, there will still be arbitrage. We're going to probably move more towards high frequency trading when it comes to that arbitrage. And so MEV will look different. Like there's a lot of different things that I, I sort of feel about what we're going to end up looking like, but I don't know. We're along for the so, so, so next question, just off the back of that. So I totally agree with what, what, with what you guys are saying, like in the essence of what it is that's going on here. It's kind of like that old saying that, you know, there's always going to be someone who's going to be faster, stronger and better than you, you know? And I think that's what's happening with Ave right now. I mean, Ave will still be relevant, I'm sure, for a long time to come. And I'm sure there'll be various iterations of what it is that they're going to do. And they might even go omni-chain as well. I mean, if, 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 if those boys or anything to go by from their past, I won't be surprised if they're sitting now and they're thinking of some kind of a layer zero solution and kind of growing this thing and doing, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's just who they are. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say um, an interesting analogy is like layer zero is very, very much like the Swift system. Like there's, there's analogies to, like what is what is done in 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 the traditional financial system there too and there are alternatives to the swift system right like it's it's just a messaging protocol that tells somebody that money over here yeah subtract that from from there put it yeah. over here like and so as long as that messaging like you just need a way to transmit messages uh in a secure way and so like um yeah, Ave. Others are trying to build. Um, I think wormholes kind of working towards that into like there are certain parties that are trying to. There's a land grab going on. Everybody wants to 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 control the place with the deepest liquidity, and you know, it's it. We just watching it evolve, and uh, you know, 
thinking about where things are going. So the, for me, like in my mind, the, the latest or the next form of evolution in the whole space is the fact that we really see the need to have decentralized exchanges that essentially emulate what central exchanges have done, especially from a perpetual, from a spot trading scenario. And that, once again, is that is a trap. It's a, it's a net to capture liquidity, you know, and it's, and I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts were around the fact that we do have a potential DEX war kind of like unfolding before us. You know, you've got, you know, your vertex, which I believe is going to really like change the way that that liquidity moves between kind of traditional finance into on-chain versus kind of like your more traditional decentralized exchanges. You know, like Vela, I think is it's more kind of like on-chain. Um, you know, DYDX is kind of like, you know, they be, they're way ahead of everybody else in terms of since they've been around GMX, which I find to be still quite limited, but still the darling of the whole scenario. But there's liquidity trappers, you know, left, right and center. And I think that whole space is just going to open the whole space even more. And I, and I find that that for me is like almost almost like another chapter in this evolution of, of DeFi and, you know, attracting liquidity. And I wanted to get your thoughts around that. Noah. What do you think? $130 billion worth of capital that has stuck to the crypto markets. $80 billion is stuck to Ethereum mainnet. A whole bunch of billions of dollars are stuck in Tron, but that's a whole other narrative. And the playgrounds are marginal. They are mar completely marginal, like microscopic relative to Ethereum. Um, uh, optimism Ethereum mainnet is 125 times the size of Optimism. It's less than 100 times the size of Arbitrum, but it is multiples, many, many multiples. So, you know, liquidity trap is a great observation. Uh, it gives us a sense of, of why is capital getting stuck? And that historically is something I've defined as a market. And therefore, uh, it in traditional finance uh, nomenclature, I would define it as an emerging market, just like a country. Capital gets stuck in a country because they're able to provide products and services. There's reason for capital get, to get stuck in the country. So what's important from the, the broadest scope is that everything thus far is a proof of concept. There is basically zero money in the crypto space relative to the world. Imagine that. So, so this is all just an exercise of what the hell works, what is even possible to receive liquidity inflow that could support some sort of, uh, uh, you know, scaled, uh, scaled enterprise. Because uh, all the these are an enterprise. I define them as enterprises, but this isn't like a real world. Lego yet um, with regard to traditional productivity, natural resources, and labor. Albeit, as we've talked about, these enterprises do have labor. So it's very gray area trying to digest what the hell actually has been built. It's, it's an emerging market, but it's not. It has productivity, but it's not. So, so as Ben says, we'll see. It's quite fascinating where the hell it's heading. <laughs> It's something new. 
Because bear in mind, because what do I say? I say we're in peak globalization, as Peter Zion talks about. We have uh, demographics collapse. We have this tight labor market in the United States, which they always talk about. I'm like, no, you have a collapse of employment. You have a demographic collapse. There's not enough people that are working. And look at the, the psychological stability of everything that's going on. Uh, social mm-hmm. civility is questionable. Uh, especially throughout Africa. Um, so what the world desperately needs is novel forms of productivity, not just mining and manufacturing and putting stupid shit on shelves in a consumption warehouse, Walmart. Uh, these, it drives people mad. It drives them insane. We need, what is the point of a financial system? The whole point is to organize labor and the point of labor is social civility keep people from chopping off their neighbor's hand because they're hungry. (laughs) So that's what I see in the crypto space is the opportunity to create new forms of productivity. So my neighbor doesn't try and chop off my hand because they want an egg sandwich. (laughs) So I asked you a a question around DEXs and then you just took it to the extreme. I mean, your answer is completely and utterly valid. (laughs) <laughs> it's completely rational but it's like like I, I i took a bite and instead of getting a little piece back i got the whole fucking dinosaur that's what happened with that question <clears throat> anyways ben would you get to answer the question please <laughs> I, i'm actually trying to remember what the question was <laughs> the question was do you believe like that that dexes are like Another iteration of trapping liquidity and just growing the space even further, so, attracting, attracting more. I think that putting things on the blockchain is is very interesting in that, like, it does open up some very, very positive benefits to to having this sort of like global network of liquidity. Now, the thing is. <clears throat> That at the end of the day, I wonder if there is going to be this trend towards centralization when it comes to the actual price discovery for where the prices of these assets go. Like you have these assets that can move, um, you know, on a centralized exchange, these things can move down to the millisecond, right? And so it's, it's very, and if you're at, if you have the centralized exchange, like say, say that I I have made Ben exchange and it's very different from FTX, it's, it's BTX. Um, And my, my exchange is now where, where price discovery is taking place. I can now use that liquidity that exists on chain and I can do it in a toxic way where I am now arbitraging for profit um, because I have the ability to know the prices before anybody else. I, I can capture that price discovery and, and the MEV that comes from it faster than anyone else can. And so it just, um, it, there's a certain centralizing aspect to that 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 force of time where t- 
time is going to get compressed. We're going to move further and further out to, to L2s and then maybe L3s. And then just maybe, maybe just it'll take place on centralized exchanges. Um, it's, it's hard to be sure exactly what it's going to look like. But like what I, what I do know in my heart of hearts is that as time goes on, we're going to compress that, that amount of time between when something happens and the, the movement of the assets price. And <clears throat> as you compress that time, it's going to have a centralizing effect on, you know, the liquidity because the on-chain stuff that's like moving every, you know, few seconds per block is going to get punished relative to the, the on-chain liquidity where it can be market made at, at a, at a milliseconds time. And so I think over time, you're going to see more and more of that liquidity migrate off of the, the main net and onto the layer twos, maybe the layer threes. And then like, I guess, what does that world look like? I don't know. Like, how do you decentralize a, the, a sequencer in a way that like doesn't give any one particular person uh, any advantage there? I mean, it, it's going to be fascinating to watch how how you avoid those those centralization vectors. I I don't have an answer. I haven't I haven't figured it all out yet. But these are just some of the things that I'm pondering day by day. <laughs> well said. It is. It is. It's well said. Yes, I mean it's completely and utterly like seemingly divorced from the question that I asked. I mean, I didn't expect anything less, but you still <laughs> answered the question. So. <laughs> completely divorced. So what is? I mean, I guess. Let me try to. Answer. No, 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 you, no, 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 no. You answered the question. That's fine. It's it's. You All took right, it a step further, on. the same way that 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 Noah did, and that's uh, this whole thing is an experiment, which is, it is. you know we. We we so set on like coming up with narratives and ideas and and drawing lines in the sand and and it's just so like insane really but but also yeah. really important because that's how we make sense of it and we kind of like you know we have these discussions and we we arrive at various conclusions but we know that tomorrow that those ideas lines in the sand that we that we drew could quite easily just blow away you know because it's just so so ever-changing and i fucking love it about the space and, and, and the narratives I'm... i mean sometimes the narratives are sort of there, there's always a yeah. kernel of truth to the narrative right absolutely there's always like yes. a kernel of truth to it but sometimes the narratives are decades early <laughs> sometimes they are just wrong but like there's mm. always like a certain kernel of like if it's not truth it's a a desire you know, like mm. if it's a desire that everybody, if it's something everybody wants to believe is true, that becomes truth. It, well, it, it can become truth or it can just take hold as a it narrative does. until it's invalidated. Um, I'm a and, big believer. I'm, I'm a big believer of intention. I believe very strongly that intention drives truth eventually. Like whether it's, you yes. know, whether it's like seeing the fire in the tree and you're running around as a Neanderthal and you decide like, maybe that thing is something and I can do something with it. Or 
and then you go and you take it and you cook food with it or whatever the case is. It came that there was an intention there to do that. And it's the same with what we're doing now. The only difference with what's going on now is that it's all accelerated to a degree that we've never experienced in our evolution as a species. That's an absolute fact of the matter. And the fact that we get to, to see it all unfold the way that we do, and you've said it so many times before, Ben, it's kind of like this is all accelerated traditional finance. It's accelerated. We're, we're effectively fast-tracking time. Like what happened right. in the TradFi world over a 50-year period, we're probably doing in crypto in three years, maybe even less. Who knows? And I with think certain, certain things. I mean, I think what's important is that we're doing it through the lens of like a modern society, right? Like I think that there is a broad recognition amongst people that the financial system we have Sophisticated though it may be, is not meeting the needs of most of the users of said financial system. Mm. And so that is why the whole crypto narrative in general has taken hold is because, and, and why we're all here is because we want to build something that's better and suits the needs of society better than the current one. Um, and so I think it's... <clears throat> we're building this stuff, but we're also building it. And we're, we're learning a lot of hard lessons along the way, but we're also building it with, with a lot of this ethos of like trying to decentralize stuff, trying to keep the power that comes with all this from central, like the, the centralized system that, that has, has been created before. Like there is a, <clears throat> there, so like, there's a book that I really, really enjoyed reading. Uh, I read this in college and like, I thought it was like sort of game changing uh, mentally. And it is the social contract um, is what it's called. And it was uh, by a French philosopher. But anyway, like one of the basic premises of the book is that like governments, when they're created, they're at like their most purest form. And then like over time, they become corrupted. And then eventually they get overthrown. And, and I feel like the financial system's going through the same, it's going through the same iterations where over time, the financial system just got, you know, co-opted by those in power, by those that had the ability to capture the gains. And so you've seen that with the way that, you know, wealth has, wealth inequality has uh, become incredibly uh you know, skewed to, to one direction. And so I think that eventually we're just going to get to the point. And I think that's what crypto is, is, is we're just building the, the new system and the new rails so that we can just <clears throat> flip over to, to something a little uh, less co-opted, a little more pure that will eventually then, you know, 50, 70, 80, 90 years from now will have to be destroyed as well. But Oh, that's inevitable. So, so the social contract by Jean Jean Jacques Rousseau. That's I mean, book written in 1762. It was actually um, the book that the the found the the writers of the the U.S. Constitution like that was like used, modern used. thought at the time. And so, like that's the yeah. stuff they were reading when they were designing uh, the the Constitution. And like, there's a lot of really good thoughts in there, just about you know, just governments in general and and in society and it's a good 
It's a good read. I recommend it. So we, we're at the top of the hour. Um, I have one more question. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to get an answer that's vaguely related to it, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because this is the nature of what we do, right? On this, this fucking banter that we have. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's the favorite thing that I can do in crypto at the moment. So thank you, gentlemen. The question is how, and this is, this is more a question, I think, for, for you, no, because it's something that you you spend a tremendous amount of time articulating, like with your thoughts throughout the day, which I fucking love reading, and and I always smile. Like I always smile. It's like Noah is fucking having a great rant, and it's like the rants. How do you, the rants. The Noah rants are just a thing of beauty, and they are ever present in this wonderful journey that I'm currently traveling, and just know that. It's kind of like a light that's here for me, you know? And it's like, I like sometimes them. it burns really bright and sometimes it's like really light, like really dim, and but it's always fucking there. And it's the question is, how do we take the complexity of the traditional finance world in its current state with all its unravelings, all its perfections, mostly imperfections, and how do we bring those into this reality that Ben so eloquently described in this process, how do we go about bringing that very essence of what is out there in here? And do you think it's possible? You know, endgame thought is something that permeates the space. Like what happens when Bitcoin supply runs out <laughs> or just regulation endgame? It'll drive you nuts. You'll only ever know in hindsight the way the system works. So, all you could ever do is understand it iteratively, one piece at a time. What's pertinent is to peer through the narrative insanity. What's meaningful <laughs> is, So what is... I what told you I wasn't going to get the answer I asked for. But anyway, you can't. Carry on, please. Carry on. <laughs> He's telling you why, why that answer... You can't. You can't. There, there's no reason to replaced it what's pertinent is pieces are here liquidity is sticky people want to use it why because my fucking bank closes at three o'clock in the afternoon what kind of stupid shit is that <laughs> then fed now is going to fix it all right you know they're going to it's going to go back and forth and but the, look social contracts broken fed now they're a bunch of dicks my bank's a dick Nobody, you don't want to use it. You have to use it. So what if there's something else that's interesting, something that's made by someone that had good intentions and, and that has a more favorable overtone of, uh, of opportunity or, or fairness and, and options and choices. And when it's like when the only cable internet I can have is Comcast. I hate that shit. I want another cable internet provider. I want another wire transfer provider. I want another check provider. What the hell's a check? Yeah. Point is, I want options and alternatives. I want, I want things that offer to me that I can do that I typically couldn't do. I can't. If I go to HSBC, they're not going to take my money and, and make a, a a market, a forex market. So when I saw that in like 2019, I was like, whoa. Oh, a forex market, and I can make the market. <laughs> That's so cool. So, yeah. 
Isn't that incredible? That's that's DeFi. That's me yeah. being able to do something that traditional finance said, fuck no, you can't do that shit. Yeah. What a beautiful answer. I love that. <laughs> fuck yeah. Just, ben, just, a quick just thought to finish there. it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. a quick thought there. The reason I love Captain Rational's tweets is because they remind me that I'm not the only one who's just constantly thinking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I love Captain Rational's thoughts. You know what? I, I love his, his tweets. It's just purely because I get to be reminded that this is important stuff. You know, like this is actually really important. And this is the kind of stuff that, Ben, you think about all the time. You know, Noah is the one who's ranting about all the time. And I get to be reminded that I need to be thinking about this stuff all the time because it's fucking important. And you hit the nail on the head. No, it's kind of like, I want to do stuff and I want the option to be able to fucking do the stuff that I want to do. And I don't want to listen to some boomer fossil tell me that I can't do it because it's going to threaten his, his very business, you know? And it's, you know, mm -hmm. so for the next, for the next time we get on, like, I mean, there's a whole lot more that I want to chat about. I, want, I don't want to cover it in, in today's because I think this is a, a good amount of time. It's like, I really want to explore, you know, how the incumbents are threatened by what's going on now and how this whole thing's going to play out. And I know that I know that you both have some really good thoughts around that, but we'll save it for next time. I think um, I think that would be a good... Uh, we could have absolutely. an entire discussion about that for sure. Absolutely, because it's so, it's so pertinent to what is going to determine the future of what it is that we're doing right now. At the end of the day, they hold the keys right now. And, and we need to now almost snatch those keys out of their hands. I think we will, but it's not going to be easy. And that's where the interesting dynamic is going to come in. And we get to talk about it next time, but we'll save it for next time. Gentlemen, let's start uh, that uh, next one with, with uh, how insanely significant is tether. So we'll start it off. Contra <laughs> we'll start it off controversially. So, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you get to hear about our next show <laughs> before we've even planned it, but we have already. If you get my drift, so it's seventy-one point five billion dollars significant, <clears throat> which is big, but zero also simultaneously quantum significance. <laughs> For the next show, we have we have something things. lined up, and we might land up doing it sooner than you think, because clearly we've all had a bloody good time today. And who knows, we might do it again next Monday. So take it easy, guys. Thank you so much All for right. joining us.